Uh, welcome, uh, friends, to uh, PFN today. Uh, my name is Pastor Brock. Uh, I, have, uh, I have been the pastor here for 12 and a half years. Unbelievable. So uh, loving that. Uh, we are a church that is uh, a, a kind of a traditional heritage church, but we've, we've been around for a long time, but we are very alive. Uh, we are trying to be relevant, and uh, we want you to know that we love uh, connecting with new friends. And so uh, if you're here this morning, uh, maybe you hadn't been here in a while or here for the first time, we are so happy uh, that you are joining us uh, today. So I hope that you feel that. Uh, we are a church that is... Um, multiple campuses. Uh, so we have this campus, obviously, we're here today. Uh, we also have a brand new campus in Washington, which we call Summit, and they are having their first service today. We also have a campus in Peoria Southside, the Southside Community Center uh, that we work there. Pastor Irene uh, is our leader there with uh, Pastor Austin. They, are, they help serve us there. And then we have probably about as many people as come to this church physically, we have online the morning. Uh, last week, we had 890 people that were watching online. Uh, that's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Uh, you would think there would be 10, you know, but it's not 10. You know, it's, uh, there's probably 10 people that are sick that are not here, but we got tons of people watching. So welcome on live stream. We want you to know that we feel like you belong to our church, that we are connecting with you as friends as well. So um, if, if you have noticed, we feel like God is moving at PFN in some really mighty ways. And there's many other things that are happening. Uh, we are in a series that is on the gospel of John. And so we've been reading together the gospel of John. The gospel of John is the fourth gospel. It's the fourth book of the New Testament. And it's a, an expression of who Jesus Christ is. Uh, as you leave today out in the foyer, there are some gospel of John books. Uh, they look just like this. And you are welcome to take those. Those are for you. They are also for those that you might want to give those away to. So uh, if you don't have a Gospel of John, uh, our verse is kind of underlined right there because we are looking today at John 3.16. John, the third chapter, the 16th verse. Now, it's not really difficult for us to understand uh, why this verse is so uh, incredible. No other verse in the Bible is so succinctly able to summarize God's relationship with human beings and to tell us the way to salvation. Some people consider John 3.16 as the theme verse for the entire Bible. John 3.16 tells us of the love of God, the love God has for us, and the extent of that love. So great a love that he sacrificed his only son on our behalf. John 3.16 teaches us that anyone who believes in Jesus, who believes in Jesus Christ, God's sons, will be saved. John 3.16 offers us this glorious hope of eternal life in heaven through the love that God has given to us and through the death uh, of Christ. Uh, so one of the things that we are doing each week is focusing on a specific verse. Today, we only have this one verse. So it's our memory verse. Uh, and we're going to quote together John 3, 16. Uh, it's on the outline for you. If you picked up your outline in the bulletin, you'll see it there. It's right at the top. Uh, it's also on the screen for you that you can read right off there together. Uh, so we're going to read John 3, 16. The way we do that is we say the reference We'll read the verse together, and then we'll say the reference uh, again. 
Ready? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16. For God, the scripture says, so loved the world that he gave this one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This verse is packed with great realities that the scripture offers to us. Words like God, love, the world, the son of God, faith, perishing forever, living forever, and whoever, including you and me. Uh, these are things that are so important to us when we think about our salvation and we think about uh, eternity, uh, considering how God is desires to minister to all of us. Um, you know, I believe that the, maybe the greatest verse in the Bible is John three sixteen. There are 26 words in the words that we just quoted. Uh, some have called it kind of miniature gospel or the gospel in a nutshell. Um, I mean, if there was ever a verse that the enemy of our soul, Satan, wanted to blot out of the Bible, it would certainly be John three sixteen, right? He would want to blot that out. If there ever was um, a verse that makes hell tremble, it's John 3.16. If there ever was a verse that has lightened the path to heaven for multitudes of people, it is John 3.16. Not long ago, I was uh, visiting the hospital that often. Uh, I was there uh, to see somebody that was in a, a very bad situation. They were connected with somebody to the church, but not really from the church. And so I showed up there and I um, asked the nurse about seeing this person and the doctor was standing there and came over and said, you have two minutes. We don't think she'll be here very long. Uh, 120 seconds. Good luck. And, and I thought, okay. And so I thought, I'm walking to the room and I thought, what am I going to say in 120 seconds uh, to this person that I'm not even sure how long they're going to live? So she had asked for a pastor to come. And so I'm in there. And so I thought, well, I'll just talk to her about John 3.16. So I quoted John 3.16. She had heard that before. I went through it a couple of different times. I asked her if she'd like to pray. I led her in a sinner's prayer. Uh, I said, uh, have you accepted Christ? And she said, yes. And I left and they told me about three minutes later, she passed away. John 3.16 made all the difference. Are you glad? I'm going to meet that lady uh, in heaven one of these days. I'm excited about that. You know, some people have divided these verses up, uh, this verse up into a different way. He's talking about God's grace for God so loved the world and God's gift that he gave his only begotten son and God's gospel that whoever believes in him and God's glory that he offers us everlasting life. In your outline, uh, I tried to give you some ideas of that, some ways that maybe you could begin to think about and love John 3.16. But really, that's not what I mean. What I really mean is I want you to love God. I want you to know the God that's behind John 3.16. The Jesus who quoted John 3.16. If you could know him, it changes everything. Not only for the now, but it changes everything for all eternity. Look at some of these words. John 3.16, it sheds light on our salvation. That means it helps us to understand it. For God, that's the origin of our salvation. So loved. That's the, the motivation of our salvation. The world, the extent of our salvation. 
For God so loved the world that he gave. That becomes the action of salvation. His one and only son. Wow. The cost of salvation. That whoever, that's the offer. The offer of salvation. Whoever believes in him. There's the requirement. There's the challenge. Believes in him. Shall not perish. That's our hope of salvation. But we'll have eternal life. That's the promise that he offers to us. Uh, one more like that. John 3.16 sheds light on God's love for us. For God, love is, his, he's the author of love, the greatest lover. So loved, love's character. It's love to the greatest degree. The world loves object and the greatest company, all people are included, that he gave. It's love's gift. I actually called this service the gift. John 3.16. This gift of love, love's gift, the greatest act of love God offering to us. His one and only son, love's sacrifice, the greatest gift. That whoever, notice love's depth, the greatest opportunity for us as human beings, believes in him, love's acceptance, and the greatest simplicity, love that shall not perish, but have uh, eternal life uh, in him. Uh, so that's the encouragement, the challenge to us. You know, John three sixteen shows up everywhere. Um, you, you ever um, you ever see these banner the banner guy? You know who Banner Guy is? He's like the guy from California that wears a rainbow wig, and he's kind of like a clown. But whenever uh, in the NFL, this used to happen all the time. I don't see it quite as much right now because the guy got in trouble. I mean, uh, I saw the headline. It says fugitive clown evangelist arrested. I thought only in America could you get fugitive, clown, and evangelist all in the same phrase right there. And, and they call him Banner Guy. Uh, you know what he did, right? Uh, he would be at NFL football games, and he always uh, was hopeful that there would be high-scoring games because anytime there was a score uh, and there would be a kicking the extra point, and you would see that field goal go through, there he would be. Which, uh, anybody seen him? You know who I'm talking about? There he is. He's uh, showing John uh, 316. A lot of banner guys. Even there was a song that was, you can even look this up. There was a song written about him, about uh, banner guy. Um, you know, what was his point? He was simply recognizing that God had given this gift. Now, he was a little weird. And there have been some other, I heard about this guy that changed his name to John 316. His last name was Cook, so it's John 316 Cook. Uh, that's a little kooky, isn't it? Uh, uh, um, we, but we recognize what they were up to was trying to recognize that this was such an incredible verse of scripture that they wanted everybody to know that God sent his son uh, to reveal his love uh, to all of us. So, so just think about these words. Um, we'll just kind of break the verse down just a little bit. First of all, he says, for God, God is the greatest father, the greatest father. For God. Now, there's no reason to think that Jesus means anything other than the God of the Bible. Uh, the God, in this case, of the Old Testament. When he said it, he's talking about the all-powerful creator and sustainer of the universe. The Bible teaches us that he is personal, and he's not just like the Star Wars, the force be with you. Some people think that God's like that. That's not how he, God is personal. 
He knows your name. He knows where you are. He intended for you to show up here today, and he knows that you are present even here this morning. He, he thinks, he feels, he wills, he loves, he hates. Um, he is personal. He is moral. Um, he leads us toward the right. He is unswervingly righteous. He always does what, what is right. He is of infinite worth. We sang about it. It d- d- defines uh, who he is. Uh, he is uh, our God. I mean, sometimes we want to make God more understandable and recognize how great he is, and we do. We sing about that. We praise him for how great he is, but he's, he's beyond us. We can't squeeze him down uh, to simply something that we can, we can understand. He is uh, the almighty God. Then it says, for God so loved, so loved, uh, the greatest love. You know, all throughout the scripture, we have this measure of God's love. I mean, it's no exaggeration to say it with, with like uh, capital letters. He so loved you. It, it might be my favorite word in, in the whole thing. So loved. This love is the kind of love that is intensive and is filled, it's a, full of the magnitude of his love that moved him to send his son for every one of us. God so loved us, gave himself uh, for us. The Bible tells us we can, uh, we can see how great a love the Father has bestowed on all of us. This measure of God's love, it's intensive. Is strong. When we understand the love that God has for us, we recognize that he didn't just look down from heaven and look how pitiful we were. He looked down from heaven and he had this incredible love for us that even in our sinfulness, even in our brokenness, he came and offered his love. God really does love you. God loves you. He cares about you. He knows you. I don't, I don't think you believe me. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, Joe Smith, God so loves you. He really loves you. (laughs) He does. He loves Zach wrote, God really loves you. I know you know that already. I can see the smile on your face. But uh, we forget sometimes, don't we? We forget how powerful this love that he has for us. He so loved you. He wants you. I, I'm not letting you out of this room today without just feeling maybe some tingliness about it. I mean, it's like we feel something, don't we? We, we feel it. We recognize it. We know. Uh, oh, Carl right here. Carl's over here. Carl, <laughs> did you know that, that God loves you so much? He's demonstrated over and over again. I know you know it because I've seen him work in your life there, but he loves you so much. God so loves you. Okay, you, I'm going to let you off the hook. Okay, some of you are worried and I'm coming to you, so I'm going to let you off the hook on that. God so loved the world, the world, the entire world, everyone in the world, everyone that's ever lived, everyone that's living now, and everyone that will ever live. God loves them all. God loves people from every nation. Every place in the world, every person that God loves. You know, when you first maybe become a Christian, sometimes as a believer, you think 
well, God's coming to meet my needs and God loves me. And, and then you begin to realize that God loves your family and God loves your church. And uh, then you begin to realize that God loves the person at the gas station and the grocery store and those people that you work with. And then begin to recognize that God loves the whole country and that God not only loves our country, but he loves every country. And then you begin to realize that God not only loves uh, people that are seeking to serve him, but God loves every person, no matter what they do, no matter how they live, no matter what's happened to them, God loves them all. God loves the people that you don't like. God loves the people that drive you crazy. God loves the people that you will never meet. God loves people that have never even heard the name of Jesus. God loves them all. God loves, so loves, not just you, but he so loves the whole world. Man, that'll wake you up right there. He loves everybody. He's about bringing his message of the gospel to the whole world. For God so loved the world. That was, that's the greatest need that he gave. That he gave. And, and, and God gives of himself to all of us. God is, is the climax of the whole story of the Bible. God gave. God gave his one and only son. God gave the greatest gift of all. I'm sure you've received lots of gifts. I'm sure you've received special things at your birthday or times in your life. I know you've received so many great things in your life, but you never received anything like this. It's the greatest gift. It's the greatest gift we've ever received. God, and God's not, he doesn't skimp on his gifts. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The greatest sacrifice. You know, God's like Hallmark. He cares enough to give his very best. How much clearer could it be what God has done for all of us, the perfect sacrifice to die for your sins and mine, to take upon himself all of our wrong, all of our brokenness. He came and he gave this most personal gift that's ever been given, God giving his one and only son. See, the one and only there, um, it, it means a unique it means one of a kind, no one else like him. There's only one Jesus Christ. There's only one son of God who came to earth, lived and walked upon the earth and gave himself. Uh, it means that Jesus was uniquely related to God. There's only one like him. He came and he offered himself this great price, uh, this uh, greatest sacrifice. Um, he paid the price. I'm forgiven because Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross. You are forgiven because of the greatness of his sacrifice uh, for every one of us. He offers us forgiveness when Jesus Christ comes into your life, when you welcome him into your life, that sacrifice of Christ on the cross becomes applied to your life and your sins are washed away. As far as the east is from the west uh, is completely washed away, the scripture says. So when Christ comes into your life, he forgives us past, present, every day, offering his forgiveness to us. Now notice, you, you, you get included. He says, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever, it's probably my second favorite word here, uh, so loved that whoever, the greatest invitation. Uh, see, half of this verse is about how great God's gift is to us, and the other part of this verse is about our receiving what God has for us. For God so loved the world. Um, you know, that, that's what has to dawn on us, right? That is the whoever. Whoever receives. He does love the whole world, but only the whoever that believes in him. That's where the, the gift is applied. So recognizing that you, know, you can't be disqualified. There's no disqualification. There, there's no fine print on John 3.16. You don't get to be disqualified. If you're in this room today and you think that there's something that's happened in your life that causes you to be disqualified, that's not true. You can't be disqualified. Now, you might disqualify somebody else. <laughs> Maybe like that. We do that, don't we? Sometimes we, we, we get to where we think, well, they're, they're too far gone. You know, the, the devil would love for you to think you're too far gone. How could, how, he's not really, you know, you're thinking, pastor's not really talking to me. I'm talking to you. You're in the whoever. You don't get to be disqualified. Nothing you've done can separate you from the love that God is presenting to you in John 3, 16. You're not disqualified. Some of you are still just kind of looking down like you're not. He loves you. So loved you. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever, whoever believes in him. See, that's the requirement there. The requirement he offers to us is that we believe in him. Uh, in our little chart there, uh, the believes in him is the greatest commitment. Uh, the greatest commitment. Uh, as we put our trust in him, whoever believes in him. Uh, we when we believe, we receive him. You know, you don't receive Christ by coming to church. You don't, know, you don't check that box off and come to church and then everything. That doesn't do it. Uh, you don't receive Christ when you re read the Bible or pray. All of those are important things. You receive Christ when you accept him. When you believe in him in your heart when we trust him with our sins, when we trust him with our future, when we trust him with our lives, um, the, the trust that we offer to him. Um, you know, I I'm occasionally think that there are people that, that really believe in him, but are not really enjoying the gift. You ever have one of those gifts that you just kind of put out in the garage? You know, you know you got it, but it's just out there. It's not really making any practical difference in your life. Uh, sometimes I think that's the way we are. You know, we know this verse. I mean, maybe, maybe all of you in here might be a hundred percent in this room has heard this verse, but are you living that? Are you enjoying the gift that he's given to us? Don't have it stored away somewhere. Allow it to be able to give you life, 
to encourage you. You've been given the gift. Are you enjoying the gift? Uh, it can be tragic just to, to, to recognize that you know all about this. I mean, the thing about this gift is it's not some kind of lifeless knickknack that you stick up in a closet somewhere. It's life. It's God. He's, he's not patient to let it stay in the garage. He's wanting to be active. He wants to be in your living room and in your bedroom and in your recreation room and on your TV and everything about you that everything in your life would have a connection to this Christ who has offered himself to you. It's that kind of gift. There's no greater gift. If you found yourself doing that, I just encourage you, enjoy the gift. Not only know about the gift, but re rearrange your life. Change the furniture in your life so that you welcome him into every area. Whoever believes in him will not perish. The greatest salvation will not perish, shall not perish. Um, that's the greatness of the gift. We receive salvation from, uh, from eternal death. Uh, that's a pretty good gift. All of us, every single one of us, preacher included, all of us were headed to hell, right? Every one of us. Uh, no relationship with God uh, on the basis of our disobedience, uh, lack of relationship with him. And he's not talking about that you're freed from physical death. Every one of us, until Jesus comes back and changes the plan, you know, and takes some of us up, all of us are going to end up at the, the end of our breathing physical life. He's not talking about that. He's talking about spiritual life. He's talking about life beyond this body. Uh, you know, the Bible tells you, you don't have to wait for uh, life to happen when you get in heaven. Life starts now. Uh, the, the beauty of the gift is that you were dead spiritually, but you've been made alive uh, in Christ. So think about what life would, would be without God's love. What would our life be without the love that Christ, Jesus Christ has changed my life. Jesus Christ has changed the lives of many of you that are, that are here or watching today. Just think about what your family would be like. Just think about the guilt that you would continue to carry. Just think about how dead in your spirit you would be. He's changed us from death to life. It's an eternal gift. The greatest salvation. And then he says, but have eternal life. The greatest hope. The greatest hope. I mean, he's given us life now, but when this life is over, we're going to hyper jump right to all the way to uh, all the way to heaven, uh, recognizing what he has offered uh, to every one of us. The challenge, the encouragement uh, that he gives to us, recognizing his power, that he has so loved us, that he has so recognized his presence within us. See, it sheds light. John three sixteen sheds light on God's gift for God gave the gift so loved, he gave the gift of his love. The world, God gave the gift to the entire world that he gave his one and only son. God gave his son. God gave, God gave, God gave, God gave. We receive. We receive. He's done all the work. He's paid the whole price. Nothing you can do can make him love you more. You can't keep enough rules to make it right with God. You can't do enough spiritual things to make everything right with God. Receive it.
that whoever we receive the gift believes in him. We receive when we believe shall not perish. We receive salvation from eternal death and have eternal life. We receive the promise of eternal life. Had another verse there for you, which is from the message. Listen to how it says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one may need to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have whole and lasting life. Which kind of brings us to the last question. Uh, do you live in the forgiveness and life and freedom of John 3.16? Are you free from death? Does, does the wonder of being loved like this shape your life and your relationships? I spent some time with Sharon. Uh, just a few days ago, and uh, we, uh, you know, she couldn't make it to church the last couple of months, and so uh, we just take church to her, you know, so we have church service there. We'd have a whole group of people, nurses, and everybody there all gathered there, because we're singing, and just as loud as in here, man. We're just singing and quoting scripture, and, and so uh, we're talking, and she said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that I know what, it, what it's like to die. I'm a little afraid of that. And uh, I said, Sharon, I'm, I'm glad we're here. We could talk about it. And so we talked about it together uh, because God wants to offer you peace so that you don't even have to fear dying. Uh, you know, what it turned out to be, I think, is that she was, uh, she was sad about her family. She was just so worried and concerned about them because when I asked her a few questions and talked to her, she wasn't worried about her soul. She wasn't worried. She knew the truth of John 3, 16. Sharon Stone, she's in heaven. Praise the Lord. Your family wants, wants to know that all is well with your soul, that you're living out John 3, 16. That's a decision you could, you could make today here tell you one more story. Christine. Uh, Christine was a, a little girl that grew up in a Brazilian village. And um, she had always heard stories, a little tiny little village. She'd always heard these stories about the big city. Uh, she wanted to go to the big city that, you know, was miles and miles away from where, where she grew up. But her mother always encouraged her, told her how bad the city was and what would happen there. Well, um, she was a very obedient daughter. And then she turned 18. And when she was 18, she ran away. She was gone one night, left a note. She was gone. Well, her mother didn't know what to do. So uh, she cried a lot. Uh, she prayed a ton. And then that went on for a few days. And then finally, she couldn't take it anymore. So she's going to go get her. So she went um, and she had this little plan. So she made her way to the city. Uh, now, the girl left with nothing. I mean, she had a few clothes, no money. She didn't have anything. So her, her mother knew she was going to end up with the wrong crowd, and there was very few ways for her to really make any money as a little 18-year-old Brazilian girl, except selling herself. So her mom shows up in this big city, and she went to one of these little um, places where, you, like a machine where you could take photos. And so she went in the booth there, and she went in, and she took about 100 pictures of herself. You know those little small square ones like that? She got about 100 of them. 
And so she starts walking around the city and she begins to put them in places that she thinks her daughter might end up. She goes to hotels and bars and all these places, a bunch of shady places. And so everywhere she would go, they would have some kind of little bulletin board or something there. And so she'd put her picture on the bulletin board. On the back, she would write, whatever you've done, whatever you've become, whatever's happened, please come home. I love you. And so her picture's all over the place. Couldn't find her, didn't run into her, didn't know anybody that knew her. She went home, sad, heartbroken, continued to cry and pray. About three months later, one of these hotels, big bar downstairs, uh, she's coming from upstairs. Christine's coming down. She, is, she doesn't look anything like she did a few months ago. She's beaten. She's been abused. She's worn down. She didn't know anybody. Nothing like she had hoped it would turn out. So she's walking down this staircase. Now imagine this. You're walking down this staircase in this horrible place right there. And on this little board at the bottom of the staircase is your mother's picture. Your mother's picture. She couldn't believe it. She kind of wiped her eyes and looked at that and she realized it really was her mother. She pulled the little push pin off and pulled, read the back. Whatever you've done, whatever's happened, please come home. I love you. And she did. John 3.16 is God's picture on the bulletin board. He says, whatever you've done, whatever your life, however it's turned out, whatever has gone on with you, you're not disqualified. Please come home. I love you so much. Here's what I'd like us to do. Today, uh, I'd, love you, I'd love for you to make a decision today. Not, not just if you haven't made a decision for Christ, but like every one of us. You know, don't think at church once in a while you sort of make a new decision. So today, that's what we're doing. At the bottom of your notes there, you'll see, uh, it says, uh, I, I have received the gift of Jesus. I live for him and I am enjoying the gift and making my way to heaven. Maybe that's you. Praise God for that, that you know him and you're walking with him. Maybe you're kind of in that second category that I was talking about. I, re I received the gift, but I'm not really giving my life fully to Christ. I need to deepen my commitment to him. Yeah, we, we kind of end up in that, in that middle ground somewhere there, don't we? You know, and life gets so busy. Life gets kind of messed up. And we just, we just need to, to kind of get our focus back on who he is and what he desires for us and to live our lives for him. Notice I didn't ask you if you'd heard John 3:16 before. But are you fully embracing what he's done? And maybe you're here today or you're watching and that you would say, I would love to put my trust in Jesus today. You know, there's no list, there's no bunch of things you got to do. All he wants you to do is to see that picture, to feel his love and to say, I'm going home trust in him. I know he'll help you. I know he'll be with you. 
I know he'll respond. Where you say, I embrace the love that God has for me. I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. The last one there says, I would like to receive some new believer information. Maybe, Maybe you're trying to trust God. Maybe you make a decision for him today. Maybe you just feel like you haven't had the help that you needed. We'd, we'd love to help you. Like if you mark that, one of us is going to call you, reach out to you, and to let you know some ways that we can offer, some, some easy things that we can send to you. Um, maybe you've been walking with him, but you just feel like you haven't been growing. Mark that. We'll reach out to you. So we, we want to support you. We're not here just to have a nice little service and pat each other on the back and go our way. We want to help you to be able to walk. This is the most important verse in the world. This is the most important decision of our life. Would you trust him? Just bow your head for a moment. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'd love for you to, to make a decision today. Jesus, thank you for this incredible truth in your word. Lord, maybe some of us, we've been, we've been quoting this for like since we were kids. Maybe there's some in this room that have never really embraced John 3.16. But we thank you for it. We thank you for unloading some of the truth that is honestly just beyond us, Lord. So today, some of us are saying, praise God, made this decision, I'm on my way to heaven, I'm walking with him, and I'm enjoying this life that he's given to me. Some maybe are struggling in the midst of that, or maybe there's a a few friends here today, Lord, that this could be their day, their John 3.16 day, (laughs) their day when they would embrace Jesus Christ, to believe in him, to know that nothing has disqualified them, that you want them to believe and to trust in you. Today, Lord, we, we know that you love us, and we all together here today choose to receive you. Pray that all of, all of our friends here today would make a new decision for you. In Jesus' name.